0: Not just a belief of mine it's a real knowing knowing that we can take what we love to do whether it's baking sewing painting whatever lights you up then we can take that skill and make a great income doing exactly what we love to do as author of what should I be when I grow up now that I'm 40 50 60 discovering your core and also your gift is your niche it has been my life's work to help others just like you and me To discover passions, your purpose, powerful messages that you only you have so they can make the difference they were put here to make. Every week I will have deep, rich conversations with real life people that believe just like me. And here's what they believe. When you do what you love in a career, you will never work another day in your life. And this is the way I like to say it. When passion, purpose, and profit collide, that is when you get paid for being you. I'm Patricia Noel Drain. Welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Hello, everybody. It's me, Patricia Noel Drain, again. I love this podcast, and I love it for so many reasons, but the number one reason is because I get to interview really cool people like the guest today, Judy Morio. I think she is so splendid because of her background. And I met her in California years ago and was just mesmerized by her because she was one of the speakers at a conference that I was at also. And so I decided this is the first podcast I'm doing it this way. But I really decided that I'm doing people an injustice if I don't ask them to talk about themselves and kind of give a quick glance of their bio. And so Judy is my first person to do that. And so Judy Morio, welcome to the podcast and tell us your bio.
1: Thank you. Well, I'm very, very honored to be here because like you say, we met at a conference years ago and you were the main speaker. You were the superstar and I was so impressed with you and and the fact that we've kept in touch over these years, even yeah. though we haven't become close friends, I kind of keep up with you. I watch you on social media and, and watch where you are and what you're doing because I like to know what's going on. And you've got a new photograph that's absolutely amazing that you just put on there.
0: Well, you know, I thank you for that. And I love following you also. Facebook is great for that. Don't you think? I mean, it has kept us close to each other through these years. And otherwise, you wouldn't even know what each other looked like. I wouldn't know all the things about you that I know. So go Exactly. Ahead. Yeah, tell the audience exactly. about you.
1: Well, let's see. What is there to know? I grew up in South Texas, right outside of Houston in a little small town called Genoa, and uh, later moved into Houston and then in high school, moved to Humboldt, Kansas, and went to two years of school in Kansas. And when I finished there, I had always wanted to be a writer. And when I've, I finished high school, I had been writing for the newspaper for about a year when I got out of high School And so I had an offer from a newspaper in Las Vegas to come and work for the newspaper. So my parents put me in a car and they, they got in a separate car. They put me in my car and we drove across the country to Las Vegas and they dropped me off and said, I will see you one day. And so as it turned out, when I got there, the job I wanted at the newspaper wasn't actually open. I wanted to be a reporter. And so they offered me a job as a clerk typist instead. And I got kind of offended by that because that wasn't what I wanted to do. So I said, no, I'm not going to take it. And I was out of work for a few months and I ended up taking a job as a clerk typist for an escort (laughs) company.
0: (laughs) Oh, good move.
1: Yeah. Instead. So I didn't get to to pursue my dream at that point. And so I, I ended up getting a job. Well, I went through several jobs. I worked for the escrow company. Then I worked for Buck Ram, the man who wrote Only You and Twilight Time and I'll Be Home for Christmas. Oh, and he nice. made the platters and the ink spots famous and I and Tina Turner. Oh. And so I worked for him in in doing promotions for these various groups. And that's where I really learned that it's so important for us to get our name out there for people to know who we are. And I learned how to do that working there, but I wasn't making a lot of money. So I applied for a job at the Nevada test site and went out to the test site as a secretary and was in the radiation safety department, radiological safety department. And then I realized they didn't have any women radiation monitors. So I thought, well, you know, maybe I could learn to do that. Mm-hmm. And they, my boss let me go to school. And so I got to, to work in RADSAFE along with all these single guys on the nuclear testing. And that was kind of scary and kind of exciting and I that's where I met my husband and so but we didn't get married for about six or seven years because I had thought I might want to be a flight attendant so I went off and applied for a job and got the job with American Airlines and went to New York City. And while I was in New York, I thought, well, maybe I want to be a model. So I went to some model agencies and places and ended up uh, getting a job there as a model. And then my boyfriend said, why don't you come home and marry me? So I went back to Las Vegas, married him. And... Uh, I'm just giving you a quick run through of all Mm the stuff, even though I was all over everywhere with what I wanted to do. And I still wanted to be a writer. So I went back to Vegas and um, married my husband and started writing for one of the newspapers there. And, and then I thought, well, I really I really want to write a book. So I started taking classes at the University of Nevada at Las Vegas and started writing. And I, I really actually didn't get a book out right away because I got offered a job with a newspaper chain in South Africa. So, well, that was after I opened the model agency and ran that for 20 years. Then I got offered the job with the newspaper in South Africa. And so I moved to South Africa. I sold the model agency, moved to South Africa, and I worked for a media group there. I was in charge of group promotions and It was 21 newspapers, two radio stations, and the only privately owned TV station. I did all their promotions for them and wrote a column for a couple of the newspapers and really loved it. And I was in Africa eight and a half years when my brother became ill. And then I came back to the United States and somewhere along the line, before I went to Africa, I started speaking and I, and I, I actually started speaking to promote my modeling school and my modeling business and ended up with people saying what would you charge to speak and i said fifty dollars because i thought that was a lot of money for speaking and then after I spoke about a hundred times, I started saying a hundred dollars. And then, <laughs> then after another hundred times, I joined the National Speakers Association and they said, nobody speaks for less than $300. So I thought, <laughs> okay. And I kept upping my price. And so that was a long, long time ago. And now my speaking has taken me to 29 countries around the world. I've written 26 books. I help other oh my. people write write their books i now have a television show in las vegas which is on roku and also on youtube and on wwdb tv in las vegas which is it's really fun i interview people kind of like what you do here on on television and um, but i do it in person you know most of the time Mm -hmm. they come in in person we can do it on zoom but it's just easier if they're in the vegas area so living in vegas there's a lot of people that come there speakers and such authors, and so I always have guests. There's always loads of entertainers to ask them what's going on in their lives, so it's, I just love it. I've had a great life, an incredibly yes. good life.
0: Well, you have, and Judy, I, this is what I want people to now realize. I I really would have done you a disservice if I didn't allow you to tell that wonderful story about being from Africa, and being a model, and now, be, you know, I, that probably wouldn't have come up in this particular podcast. I don't know. Maybe it would have. So let me start now because this is where I really love to hear from people. Can you tell me a story when you were a little that kind of depicts your personality now today?
1: Yes, I'm uh, basically an introvert, which a lot of people don't know about me. Oh, And as a little girl, my my brother and sisters were eight years, 12 years, and 14 years older than I was. And so consequently, they were out in high school when I was just a little kid. And then they left home before I got into, you know, the better grades or the higher grades in school. And so I was pretty much by myself a lot. And I, I loved to read. My mother used to take me to the bookmobile and let me get books because the bookmobile would come to our little town and I could get like eight or nine books for two weeks and I would read all those books and then I hacked out those stories I because I was by myself I used my imagination and I made up things like that I had a little sister which I didn't and and of course the problem was I lived in my own reality so I would go and tell other people I had a little sister and they'd call my mother and congratulate her so it, you know I always lived in this fantasy world of these books. I loved books. And and sometimes I think I still live in that kind of fantasy world mm. because I always think everything's going to come out okay in the end. That, yes, we mm-hmm. go through difficult times and things. And, you know, I, I had cancer for um, – about a year, and we go through that, and I always knew I would get over it. The doctor didn't know, but I knew, and so I think my imagination and my ability to visualize came from reading, and that's probably why I have such a love of books, and everything that happens in life, I write a book about it. My, my <laughs> friends tease me. They say, oh, you ran out of gas up, in so and so-and-so, and when's the book coming out? <laughs>
0: oh that's good judy that that i love that whole story about you as a little girl because i do feel that people that get into a book in fact i'm going to ask this 12 year old this today when you get into a book and you start fantasizing and becoming that and saying that you have a little sister it's the cutest story i've ever heard i love that thank you for sharing that so now now i'm dying to hear what your passion is you know what what is your passion today well-
1: I actually have three passions. The first passion, of course, is writing. I love to read and I love to write. And that's my passion. And I love helping other people write their stories. I love hearing their stories mm-hmm. and helping them put them down to where people can read them and, and enjoy them. I just read a story yesterday. It was about a lady in India and about her life. And I was so excited about it. Somebody else had written the story. And I, so this morning early, I got up and went and met with the author because I wanted to know more about the story than just what the book had but the book was awesome and it was called it had a name like like a peacock or something and I was like like a peacock but then the story was just awesome so you know reading and writing that's that's really probably my main passion Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to do it I always wanted to write for newspapers I wanted to report stories I wanted to create stories And right now I'm working with an author on his fantasy novel, and it's really cool. It's one of these kind of Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings sort of novels, and he's got such a great imagination. The name of the story is uh, Legends, and it's three three legends, and there's going to be three books, and well, it's just awesome. My next passion, of course, is art, and I only got into art by accident. I didn't know I had any talent at all. But because I got cancer and I went to a naturopathic doctor, he sent me to art classes Mm -hmm. and I thought he was crazy. I said, why would I go to an art class? And he said, because you're so stressed out, you need to sit and be quiet for two to three hours at a time. (laughs) And so I started art classes with a great teacher and did watercolor and really loved it. And I wasn't really very good at it, but I loved it. And then I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then I got over the cancer. And then I had an opportunity to study with Jeff Tift up in Washington State. He's probably one of the best wildlife painters in the United States. And I wanted to paint African animals, the animals that I photographed mm. when I lived in Africa. And so I studied with him and he really made an artist out of me. He he kind of is a little bit of a bully as a teacher, but it was wonderful because I learned how to, how to paint. And most of all, I learned how to see. I learned how to see what I was looking at because I wasn't mm. always aware of the shapes and the shadows and where the light's coming from. And so I've really got into painting African wildlife and I I love doing it it's um, made a difference and it's made a difference in my health as well because when you sit still for three or four hours at a time, it's kind of like a meditation. It's Mm -hmm. really, really good for you. And then, of course, my third passion is people. I've been working with people since I was 24 years old. I've been teaching people how to model, how to make their lives better, how to write books, how to now I teach art at the University of Nevada in Las Vegas. <laughs> and I, I love seeing people find their creative self and and see what they can bring out of inside of them. And one of the things I do teach is abstract art. and And the students that I have, many of them have studied realism. And then they come in and I teach them an abstract class. And all of a sudden, it's like they have freedom because they go from these little precise strokes to slap and paint anywhere and it's just fun it's I mean it's just uh it's good for your soul to paint I think
0: oh yes I mean I I don't know because I don't do that but I I have seen your art on Facebook and I'm just shocked that this is how it came into your life and the fact that you took it to that level that you have because you show paintings on there Judy that are just like they're phenomenal Thank you. And you mm-hmm. didn't know you had that in you.
1: Isn't that I had crazy? no idea. Yeah. I had no idea.
0: Okay. So now this is because the name of this podcast is when passion meets profit with your three passions, which one is the most profitable for you?
1: Well, I, the, the writing is most profitable because I've been doing it for a very long time. Um, and I've written a lot of books, so, you know, people tease me, they say, you know, some people want to sell 100 books a day on online, and what you do is you want to sell one of each of your 100 books every day. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's the same difference if you sell 100 books, it doesn't matter which way you do That's it, right. Right? right?
0: I'm really loving this conversation, aren't you? But I want to talk to those of you who want to go deeper. We all attended school at some time. Maybe you're attending school right now. But inside those schools are teachers that have the responsibility to teach certain courses. But what they don't teach is really the most important thing in life, self-discovery. You know the self-discovery that would help us know what we are supposed to do in a career. And also that self-discovery on how we're supposed to make an income to really take care of our families. Well, I decided a long time ago, it's time for me to share what I know so I can help somebody with a step-by-step process that anybody can follow. I created a digital downloadable course called Your Gift Is Your Niche because people were asking me all the time, Patricia, what's my niche? And I'd always say, your gift is your niche. So now I created a course called yourgiftisyourniche.com and I spell niche with an N-I-C-H-E, And in this very affordable, life-changing course, I walk you through very simple exercises. They'll not only help you find your unique gifts, but they'll also show you how to monetize your talents and skills. You know, the ones you came into this world with. I'm so glad I created something that I don't don't think, I know it's going to be able to help you in your self-discovery journey. Because it's a simple six-hour course with action sheets that support everything that I'm saying in the course. And you also get my wonderful book, What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60. That's going to help you also with different exercises in that book. I'm also glad I made it into what I call an SPL course. That's a self-paced learning because we all learn in different ways and at different times. I cannot wait for you to get to know the most important person in your life. That's you. So go to your giftisyourniche.com, N-I-C-H-E, and if this page speaks to you, then seriously, invest in you. It's time to claim your destiny. Now let's get back to the conversation.
1: So, yeah, I I make the most from, from the writing. However, I have to say my art is really amazingly picking up. I, I've had a couple of... Uh, people commissioned me recently to do paintings for them i and and i charged them five thousand dollars to do the painting hmm. and uh, so it's it's starting to come about you know because yeah. my paintings were selling for three hundred fifty, four hundred, five hundred dollars. but when i have to sit down and paint exactly what somebody else wants i can ask a much higher price oh yeah and yeah. um and there's over 300 places to sell your art online. And so I've been busily putting my art up in a lot of these different websites to, to turn it into a profit. Because, I mean, I, I spoke for years. I loved speaking and I made good money. I went to all these countries around the world and I loved that. I've always been able to make a living doing what I love. And so I think the art is going to be what i do for the rest of my life Mm
0: -hmm, because
1: i love painting so much and i love teaching other people how to do it because the people who come to my classes they say i can't even paint a stick figure or my teacher threw my picture away when i was in the second Mm -hmm, grade and i never did it again or somebody told me you you have no talent and and see we all have talent we all have that creativity and i i tell them i say you know sometimes I'm not the best art teacher in the world, but I'm the best confidence teacher. I can teach you how to believe you can do it. And if you believe you can do it, you can do it.
0: Oh, that's great. You know, Judy, it's funny because even though you said reading and writing and art and people, bottom line, you're at the core base of what I am too. You're a teacher. And that's where, yeah. you, get, that's where you get your joy and pleasure as I do because I love watching people light up. Like you just said, with telling somebody, no, 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 no. You, you do not believe somebody when they tell you you can't do something.
1: Exactly. And,
0: and what a wonderful skill that is. And what a wonderful gift, Judy, to be able to give somebody their confidence
1: Exactly, and I do these mastermind groups online, and it's so fun because I I get people who, at some point or another in my speaking career, heard me speak, and maybe they looked at my coaching and said, "Oh, well, that's too expensive to hire her as a coach." So I started doing these mastermind groups where they pay twenty dollars a month, and just about anybody can afford that, and and so then they come onto the mastermind and they learn who they are and what they are and what they can do and they develop their talents. And I find that to be so exciting.
0: See there again, it all comes back to the core of who you are teaching somebody how they can gain their confidence and how they can feel good about themselves. It's so rare, Judy, that somebody can do that. And I'm so proud to know you. I'm so proud of all of the things that you have done and your, the multi that you that you've had. So I know there are people on this call right now and they're listening and they're thinking, gosh, I want to be able to do exactly what Judy just said. Create something that you can make money doing. So in other words, when passion meets profit, and I'm, I'm wondering, even the pricing that you did for your art, I was going to ask you the question. And then you said, no, you know, your you know, your value, you know, your worth because you charge 5,000 for some to have somebody do or do something for someone that they asked you to do. That's very good. That's very, and how did you come up with even your speaking price? Cause I know you started at 50. What did it end up at?
1: 15,000.
0: (laughs) Isn't that great? And see, how did you learn that? Was that through NSA? Did you go, did you learn to raise your price through that?
1: I learned a lot of it through the National Speaking Association, National Speakers Association. Mm -hmm. But mostly it was every time I did 100 speeches, I would double my price.
0: Yeah, good. That's what I did. And I
1: figured if people keep asking me at this rate, okay, and then I get 100, then I would double the price again. So it wasn't very scientific on figuring out my speaking prices, but my art my art prizes are based on, you know, what is the cost of the canvas and the paint and the time that goes into mm-hmm. it? And, you know, what, it, what do I have invested in it? And how much time is it going to take me? Cause like this last one I painted it, they wanted eight tigers in one picture Uh-oh. and it, it took a month, you know, you can't, Uh-oh. you can't spend a month painting a picture and then get $150. for right, it. You right. know, that's why I figured, okay, I figure out my expenses and then, you know, my time and yeah, it's $5,000 is not bad for a month's work, but it's not expensive either. No, that is not.
0: And so Judy, it's funny. I was interviewing an artist a couple of months ago and I really felt bad for him because he's just a fabulous artist, but he cannot give up his art. And so he makes no money doing that. So he's in another job, which I think is so sad because he's not living just like you, you know, his passion to make a profit. So how did you, deal with that? Because he said such a personal thing to him that he can't give them away.
1: I know. I I do give some of my paintings away. And I always donate, like if it's for a charity to raise money for little kids or for abused women or something, I'll always donate a painting for them to raise money. And that gets a lot of good publicity when you do things like that. And, you know, it's just uh, making money for me is not that hard. I've, I've always... Uh, known how to market. I think that job I had early on in my career where I worked with Buck Ram and we promoted entertainers really taught me a lot about marketing. Mm-hmm. And it, it taught me how important it is to let people know you're there. And that's why I put my pictures on Facebook. I hardly ever have to say to someone, would you like to buy a painting? I just put them on Facebook and somebody sees them and they go, how much is that painting? Mm-hmm. And, uh, And so sometimes I don't sell the originals. I hang on to the original. I've got certain originals that I just love so much. Mm -hmm. I don't want to turn loose over them. So they're in my living room, but I have geclays made of them, which are canvas prints that look identical to the original. People can't really tell the difference. And I I can sell those for reasonable prices, like $350. Oh, that's great. And so it's, but I hang on to like the elephant I painted, the original, there's, uh, no way I would turn loose of that elephant. It's yeah. just, it's an elephant I encountered in Africa. When I lived there, I painted him. The painting came out great. Everybody wants to buy it. And I don't want to turn loose of it. Yeah.
0: I don't blame you. And that's what he, I'm going to call him today and tell him, I, well, I hope he knows about the camp. I don't know the words you said, the canvas prints. What was that word? Yeah, it's then?
1: a, it's a G clay. I think it's G I C L E E. And a lot of places can make them for you. Uh, And they they turn out really nice. I get them done in Las Vegas at an art store. The man there will make the duplications of them. Uh, And they don't cost all that much to get them done. It's just that they have to be printed on canvas and then stretched onto the, the frame. And then I give my people a choice of frames as well, because I go to Mexico once a year and buy all kinds of frames. And then people can pick, you know, what kind of wood and what color and whatever they want to go on their painting.
0: Well, you know, here's a girl, I just talked with her yesterday, actually. And she said to me, it, it seems to come so easy for everybody else to make money doing what they love. It does not come easy for me. And so what would you tell her? What, would you, what direction would you tell her to go first so that she really understands the art of making money, doing what you love.
1: Well, you know, I hired a whole bunch of people to sell what I do for me. And a year and a half ago, I figured up I'd spent that year about a hundred thousand dollars on hiring other people to promote me Mm -hmm. and they didn't do it right. It didn't do anything for me. So I took a course from the American marketing association on digital marketing. And my, It cost like around $1,500 for the course. And my very first project I did as a result of it brought in $2,000. And then I did another one and it brought in $2,500. And then I started doing another one. So I I say, learn learn how to do it yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. learn about it. And even if you hire someone else, at least if you've learned what it's all about, you can tell them what you want. See, I didn't know what terminology to talk to them about when they were doing it for me. Mm -hmm. But once I, I learned, you know, now I can talk to someone else and say, I want you to do this. And here's how you accomplish it. And so uh, the marketing is the biggest, the biggest part of it. And I love the marketing. I think it's fun. You know, a lot of people, when I was uh, speaking, a lot of people wouldn't pick up the phone and call a client and say, would you like to hire me? See, I always thought that was fun. I'd pick up the phone and call and say, I'm <laughs> a speaker, That's what I do. You know, I can really make a difference in your audience's lives. Would you hire me? And they did. And mm-hmm. I think we just have to learn that if we want to be successful, we have to ask. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I teach at the university or uh, at other, I do a lot of work at other schools as well. I'll tell the students: ask people to help you. Go to people who are successful and ask people to help you. Mm-hmm. People love to be acknowledged for their ability, and they love to help other people. Yes. And so, you know, don't go around trying to help everybody else. Go around and ask about ten people to help you, and see what happens. It's amazing. So I had a young man call me, and he said, "Miss Moyo, you said at the school that we need to ask somebody to help us, so." can you help me? Here's what I need. And it was like, yeah, I can, I can do that. I can introduce you to the right person there. And, you know, a lot of it is our connections with people too. We have, the biggest thing I got out of the National Speakers Association was the people that I met there. Yes. Me too. You know, that's made a big difference.
0: Well, and they're all willing to help at that particular association. Judy, I, listening to all the things that you can do to help people. Well, I, I want to come back to one thing before I say, how do they get in touch with you? If you were taking somebody like this girl that I talked to yesterday that really does not have confidence and does not think it's easy to do what you're doing, how, how do you increase self-confidence in somebody what's just one way you increase self-confidence
1: well one way and the easiest way is to pay people compliments but they need to be honest compliments yes yes. you need to look at their qualities, their characteristics, what it is they've done, their skills, their talents and point out to them how good it is and what a difference it makes in the world and how important it is for them to continue to do that. I'm really big on compliments. I've even written a little book called The One Minute Compliment and uh, (laughs) it's it's a result of all of the people who told me that after I taught them about The One Minute Compliment, here's what they succeeded with in their lives and so it's a it's a compilation of that but that's that's one of the very first things and then the other thing is to not try to do everything my my coaching clients and my mastermind people they come on and they're overwhelmed they're like well I need to um, do a website and I need to have a blog Mm -hmm, and I need to be on all the different social medias and I need to put stuff on YouTube and and I just can't do it I just and I go pick one Let's Mm -hmm. start with one. And Mm -hmm. so like my one mastermind group, the only thing we're doing right now is working on a blog. We're Mm -hmm. starting them out where each one is creating their own blog and I'm helping them with it. After the blog is up and running and successful, then we create the next thing. But I think we we scatter ourselves too much. We're so busy running around trying to do everything that we don't do anything well. I so, we have to really thing. focus on one thing and focus on where we want to take it.
0: Yeah, I just said that to a client yesterday because she's all over the place, and I have been there. I know what that feels like. It's awful. And I said, Pretend like you're at a horse race and you're in the race, but you have to pick one horse. You can't yes. be on all of them. Now, when you get off that horse, go ahead and get on another if you want to. But I I love what you said. That's that's absolutely the key to success, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's a great analogy.
1: I, that's mm-hmm. a great analogy. Now, Judy,
0: yep. how do people get in touch with you? Oh,
1: I'm easy. Okay. My my name is spelled uniquely. Uh, so first, I'll spell my name. It's Judy J U D I, like an ice cream. J U D I, and my last name is Morio, M O R E O, like Oreo cookies with an M. So uh, it's all about food with me. You can <laughs> I can see. <laughs> <laughs> so it's judy at judymorio.com. And uh, mm-hmm. they can get in touch with me there, or they can get in touch with me, judymorio at yahoo.com, or they can call me on my phone, 702 283 4567.
0: I don't have a lot of people giving their phone numbers out. That's very cool, Judy. I'm calling you right after we hang up. Oh, great. <laughs> Just to okay. see if it works.
1: <laughs> now, you know, people, people do call me and... And I usually have time to talk to them. If I don't, if I'm going into the studio or something, I'll say, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to hang up now. Call me right back and put your number on my voicemail and I'll call you when I get through with the TV show. And it's amazing. I do get I do get people that call me and we have very, very good conversations about what it is. And, and a lot of times these people can't afford to, to hire me, like I say, for mm-hmm. coaching, but I can put them in a mastermind group for $20 a month. And most people can afford that if they stay out of Starbucks. And, and you know, then I can give them a direction, I can help them. And so yes. I like doing it. It's fun.
0: And is your mastermind uh, so that they really know, because that's affordable for everyone. And you talk business on that, like right now you're focused on blogging, correct? Correct.
1: Yeah, that the the Monday group right now they're they're working on blogging and when they get their blogging up and running and doing then we'll move on to another thing like mm-hmm. their website you know perhaps they don't have their website up my my Tuesday night uh, mastermind is a is a different ballgame altogether these people are very eclectic they come from a lot of different walks of life and in that one we talk about their challenges and overcoming their challenges and what miracles are happening in their lives and how to create more. So it it just depends on the group, you know, they have a different dynamic. And I'm going to do some that are in the mornings as well, because people on the other side of the world can't always be on with me at five o'clock Pacific time, Mm -hmm. because that's the middle of the night for them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, fabulous, Judy. Okay, at the end of every podcast I like to give golden nuggets that I actually heard from you from the person I'm interviewing and I want to always get three at least three but some I'd really like five and I got 15 from you Judy Mario right (laughs) here you go number one be true to your inner thoughts and for Judy her inner thought was I want to be a writer I just want to be a writer someday and she has written 26 books is that correct Judy yeah oh my gosh 26 books and helps others right there's number two if you are an adventurer be an adventurer and see i love that you went off to africa like that for eight years i think you said and and i'm wondering now did your husband go with you to africa
1: no i was divorced then and i didn't know a soul
0: Oh wow that's <laughs> even a, more of an adventurer
1: it's another whole story but it 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 actually started out as a joke. I played a joke on someone and bought a ticket to Africa, and then I found out it was non-refundable, and I ended up there.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're an adventurer. Number three, and I love this one, join organizations that empower you. And she joined the National Speakers Association and really brought on a whole new part of her life. And she also joined the American Marketing Association and learned the tools. See, we have to have the tools To go live your passion and your profit. Number four, everything will come out okay in the end. make that your mantra. I love that that was your mantra, Judy. Even, you know, facing cancer, that was your mantra. Number five, you can have more than one passion, but just pay attention to which one is the most profitable if you're planning to make a living with that. Number six, Enjoy a fantasy world. Use your imagination. I I can honestly say I do not step into that world often enough, and I'm going to because of you, Judy. Number seven, (laughs) be open to new opportunities. You notice through this whole thing with Judy, if you notice the common thread, she was wide open for whatever is going to happen in her life. Number eight, make a living doing what you love. And I have to get this across here because is it really possible? yes. Yes, I, Judy and I are proof of that. Number nine, don't believe what someone else says that you can't do. I did believe them also. I was raised with nuns, and they were telling me constantly, don't write, don't ever speak again, don't ever sing again, for sure. And, and it's just really sad because that has a big effect on us. Number 10, consider creating an affordable group to help others with what you know. That's exactly what Judy's doing with those masterminds. Number 11, and I do believe this is the key. Marketing is really the key to success in business. Number 12, learn how to promote yourself. I think that's really wise of you, Judy, to to go to that association, learn how to do it, and then even if you have to hire somebody else, then you can tell them how to do it. Number 13 is ask for what you want. And I can honestly say most people just can't do that. So listen up, people. 14, give honest compliments if you really want to improve people's confidence. That was a really good one. And here's the last one. 15, pick one thing and focus on that. That's how you're going to get to the next step. Thank you, Judy. Those weren't they? Aren't you fabulous? (laughs) Uh-huh. Thank
1: you. I didn't, I didn't realize I had so many valuable keys. I've got I've to save this recording and send it to everybody I know.
0: Now, what's so funny about that? You'll write a book about this right after we hang up.
1: Won't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take all 15 of those and I'm going to put them in chapters.
0: Well, here's the thing. You're the one that gave them to me. And I do think you should write a book. What would we call that? Uh, because that really is your life and what I picked up and gleaned from everything that you were saying.
1: Well, I wrote a book that is kind of about it. It's entitled, You Are More Than Enough, oh, Every my. Woman's Guide to Purpose, Passion, and Power. Oh. And it's done real well. I've sold about 40,000 copies on it. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and now I'm writing a new book, which comes out in the fall. It's entitled, You Are More Than You Think You Are.
0: Oh, I love that, too.
1: It's about overcoming our, our imagined limitations.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you you really are doing a service in the world. You're making your difference, Judy, and I'm so proud to know you. This was one of my favorite podcasts, and I thank you so much for being the guest.
1: Thank you. It's been my
0: honor to be with you. Well, everybody, until we meet again, it's Patricia Noldrain. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. Hey, if you got something out of this, maybe you'd consider sharing it with someone else that you care about. I want to leave you with a secret to success in life and business. Aha, here it is. If you can't share a solution to a problem someone is having, that is true success. Now, maybe these examples might help you. I discovered two major problems that I help solve. I really didn't realize how major they were until I realized no one is teaching this stuff. The first one of course goes right back to this podcast what's my calling what's my purpose and that's why i created the digital downloadable course your gift is your Niche.com. i already mentioned it earlier in the episode but finally i came up with another problem that i can solve and it's how to live a happy long-lived lasting marriage now i created a book called the chosen few and i share a hundred tips that myself and others Other long-lived couples, I might say, put together so that you can have a conversation, especially if you're a committed couple. Now, what is the problem you solve? Think about it. Because you might really have something to share with somebody that will change their life forever. We also have a Facebook group. It's free. I'd like you to come on to it because it goes beyond the podcast. It's called When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia No Dream.